Oh, Father, we are grateful, oh Lord, for the divine night that your son came miraculously to this world. That you came to us and that you brought light. You brought light into the darkness and overpowered the darkness with your light. And God, you revealed to us the true way, the true way to salvation. And that is through your son. Lord, hear hear our hearts tonight as we cry out to you. We cry out in worship and in gratitude and in thankfulness that you have not kept us in the darkness, but that you have illuminated us by the light of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we'll have a little noise tonight, and it's okay. It's good that there's life in this room. Amen? Oh, oh no, sobbed Mr. Tumnus. I'm crying because I'm such a bad fawn. I don't think you're such a bad fawn at all, said Lucy. I think you're a very good fawn. You're the nicest fawn I've ever met. Oh, no, you, you wouldn't say that if you knew, replied Mr. Tumnus between his sobs. No, I'm, I'm a bad fawn. I don't suppose there ever was a worse fawn since the beginning of the world. But what have you done? asked Lucy. My father now, Mr. Tumnus, that, that's his picture over the mantelpiece. He would have never done a thing like this. A thing like what, said Lucy. Like what I've done, said the fawn. Taking service under the white witch. That's what I am. I'm in the pay of the white witch. The white witch? Who is she? Why, it's, it's that she has all of Narnia under her thumb. It's, it's she that makes it always winter. Always winter and never Christmas. Think of that. These storied words from C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe are something I think about often. And, and this weekend, it especially hit us, didn't it? Any y'all cold? <laughs> Any y'all wearing multiple layers of clothes tonight? Yeah. Um, it's, it's quite an experience this weekend. Beloved told me the Saints, the New Orleans Saints, played in 15 below in Cleveland today. Wow. Uh, the Arctic blast has hit us. And, and so I think about it, we think about it, we've all thought about this weekend, the cold. And if you've been out in it, you've experienced the pain that it brings to your joints and the pain that it covers your body in, doesn't it? I mean, it, it is, you walk out, I walked outside yesterday and thought, I didn't know it was going to be this cold. <laughs> but as we think together about that, the Lord has given these phenomena to us, weather, light, and darkness. He's given us these things to teach us lessons about who he is, about his created world. So as we think about cold, what, what is cold anyway? Help me out. Cold is the, my mom knows, cold is the absence of Heat, right? That's really how you define cold. That's what it is. And, and there's a reason it's called bitter cold. Because it is hurtful to be in that cold. 
But something I'd like to share tonight, as, as we gather together on Christmas Eve, Tuesday morning I'm involved in a men's Bible study group in Baton Rouge. And uh, the prayer request from several of the men was, I want to pray for those who are, who are hurting and who will be sad this Christmas season. And I want to share with you that uh, there are those that live nearly constantly in extended cold. And especially at this time of year. And it may be a lost loved one. It might be a broken relationship. It might be memories that come back from this time of year. And, and I'm not here to, um, to try to depress anybody. But I'm here to say that, that when we think about coldness around us, oftentimes there is, there is a coldness inside of us that, that some of us never get over. And it may be somebody sitting right next to you, or it may be somebody sitting in your seat. It might be you. And if you're here tonight and there's a coldness that you haven't been able to escape, um, I want to offer a message to you tonight, not because I think there's a simple solution, but because I do think there is a solution, if that makes sense. Uh, the solution may not be simple, but nonetheless, it, it, there is a solution to what is going on in, in each of us. Um, if you read, uh, let, let me open things up just a bit. Um, the Bible tells a big story. Um, next year, in 2023, our church is going to be reading through the entire Bible together uh, in chronological order. Which I'm excited about. If you're here tonight and you want to join us, uh, you can go to our Facebook page. You can grab one of these on your way out. We're going to be reading through the Bible. The Bible tells a story. And it is a, a, a message that's brought to us to bring us to certain points of recognition. And then to bring us to a place where, where all of that adds up into something bigger. If you've ever read through the Bible, you get to a book of Ecclesiastes, and, and some people say, man, that, that book is just hard to understand. It's, it's depressing. It, it, it brings up stuff that it sounds like the guy who wrote it is, has no hope in life. And that's because the, the author of Ecclesiastes, Koholeth, he's trying to communicate to the reader, to us, that there are things in this world that there aren't simple answers to. And when you get to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, he brings a, a, a message that he, he gets to. He sums up the experience of the entire book of 16 chapters. And he says, this is what it all boils down to. Anybody know what they are? It's, it's two things. It's to fear God and to keep his commands. But he runs through to get to that that. And he runs through difficulty and struggle and the fact that nothing in this world satisfied him, though he gave it his all every day to try to find something. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What is it, my friend, that will satisfy you? What is it that you're, you're looking for? The 
message of scripture is, is powerful. I, I want to I give you one thought tonight. And as we think about a light has come. The grand narrative of the Bible begins in a simple way for us. There was nothing. And then what? And then God said. Let there be light. Genesis 1. I'm going to read verse 2 through 4 for you. Watch this. The earth was without form and void. It was purposeless. It was, it was without identity. Sometimes you feel that way, I know. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. What was over the deep? Darkness. And God said, help me out here, let there be light. Because darkness doesn't have authority over the light, does it? And when God says, let there be light, he was proving what had authority over something else. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And watch this. And God saw that the light was good. Did you know the Bible says that? Bible, the Bible says the light was good. There's a reason he does that. Move forward a bit to Leviticus chapter 24. And this is what the Lord spoke to Moses. Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil, oil from beaten olives for the lamp. This is in the temple or the tabernacle, Moses' day. In the tabernacle, bring this lamp that a light may be kept burning regular or continually. Do you get it? God is a God of light. And, and darkness is truly defined by the lack of light, isn't it? Just as cold is defined as the lack of heat. God said, let there be light. And he brought it and he shone forth the whole earth in order that they might see what God had made. And it was what? It was good. And then God said, build this tabernacle Build this temple later. And in the forefront of the temple, I want there to be what? I want there to be light. And not only do I want it to be there, I want it to be there continually. Let there be light and that light is good. Because you can see what God has made. Now, the nation of Israel had seen the light. They had seen everything God had made. They had seen the tabernacle, and in Isaiah's, day, in Isaiah's day, they had seen the temple. But there was a problem. Isaiah chapter 8 says this, The Lord spoke to me again, Isaiah, to me again, because this people has refused the waters of Shiloh that flow gently and rejoice over Rezin and the son of Ramaliah. In other words, he's making a, a, a pole. But they have refused me. They've refused what I have to offer. They've refused who I am. 
Therefore, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them the waters of the mighty river. Mighty and many, the king of Assyria and all of his glory. And it will rise over its channels, over its boundaries, and it will go over its banks, and it will sweep onto Judah. It will overflow them. It will pass on, reaching even to the neck and to the outspread wings. It will fill the breadth of your land, O Emmanuel. Did you hear that comparison? I have gentle waters. I have waters that will fill and satisfy, and you've turned them away, and so I'll bring you more waters. Waters that are treacherous and destructive. And that's exactly what God did. Because they had rejected the true light, the true waters that could satisfy their soul. I do not mean to oversimplify anybody's hurt, anybody's situation. I do not mean to offer up any trite solutions for you. However, I also know that it is my duty and it is my job to present to you that whatever may be keeping you in darkness, there is a solution. There is a satisfying Savior that has come to overcome the darkness. Because when God says, let there be light, there is light. In fact, later in Isaiah chapter 9, you, many of you might know this passage. But hear what the follow-up to chapter 8 was, where the waters were coming and flooding and destroying, and, and they were terrifying. Listen to how chapter 9 follows that up. Because if you are flooded or terrified or hurting or lost, hear the words of Isaiah the prophet. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased her joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest. As they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken. God has brought freedom and liberty to those in bondage. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. There's no need for those fighting weapons anymore. For to us a child is born, for to us, help me out church, a, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be a king. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Might of God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time, to this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Amen. you are in battle tumult, if you are being flooded over, if you are in darkness, if you are lost, may I share this word with you tonight 
For to us, a child is born. For to us, a son is given. And his name shall be called God with us. If there's any wonder, the New Testament apostles saw this very clearly. John chapter 1 says this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. Help me out, church. And the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Friends, can I leave you with this? There is a Savior who has come to save sinners that repent. If you've been around me very long, you've probably heard me say that Jesus saves sinners that repent. I'd love you to hear that in the way that John the Apostle says that. Because the light has come not just to illuminate, but to draw us into salvation. To draw us into who God is. Jesus has shown us the Father. But just seeing doesn't save. A lot of people see who God is and have no desire to be satisfied or fulfilled in Him. John says it like this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but the people have loved darkness rather than light because their works, their deeds, their habits were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. He, he leaves the light. He, he despises the light. He ignores the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. In other words, that he has been made new by the power of God. This is 2022. We're together as family. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to humble yourself before the light of the world. Maybe you need to be made right with God. And I will offer to you that for to us a child is born and a son is given and his name is Jesus Christ. And he will save any sinner. The chief of sinners, the worst of sinners, and even the self-righteous. If they repent and come to him. Will you come to Jesus? Will you respond to the light of the world? If you're a believer here tonight, I do have a task for you. And that task is simple. And it's going to be represented by what we do next in this service. We're going to take one single light. And we're going to start passing that light. And I've got two young men that are going to walk down the aisle and, and light your candle. God has called us this Christmas and every Christmas to proclaim the light of the world. For to us a son is born. 
child is born, a son is given. As we symbolically pass the light in this room, my challenge for each of you this weekend, this holiday season, is to take the message of Jesus and share him. That Jesus Christ saves sinners that repent. I've challenged our church several times, and you may be a guest with us here tonight, to read the Christmas story from the scripture to somebody this year. And if that be tonight, if that be tomorrow, however you would like to do it, when you have gathered people, communicate to them that Jesus Christ is the reason for the season and that he saves sinners that repent. If you're not a believer here tonight, I'll be around after the service. Your family members may be here, may be able to lead you in the right direction. But do not leave this place, do not leave this night, do not leave this season without making peace with God by humbling yourself before him and recognizing that the government will be on his shoulders and it is his spiritual kingdom rules and reigns and there is no power or authority in this world that has power and authority above that of the word of Jesus Christ. And for all eternity, we will be with him provided we confess our sin, provided we repent from our sin and come unto him. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you grateful for the work that you've done in sending your Son to us for the work of Christ the Lord. Lord, as we symbolically light up this sanctuary, may you also use us to light up our community, to light up our families, and to light up this world. Lord, you're worthy of our devotion. You're worthy of worship tonight. And we ask, oh God, for you to receive the praise that we give you. In Jesus' name, amen.